Hey, this is Kim Davis, and welcome to another in the series of podcasts we're creating at Opstars in San Francisco, where all the discussion is about RevOps, that emerging and developing category. And my guest on this podcast is AJ Gandhi, who's VP Sales and Service Ops with Ring Central. Welcome. Thank you very much, Kim. Thanks for having me. Now, just, I guess, to start off with a little bit of context, I have Ring Central. I know I've written about you in the past. I have it as enterprise cloud communications, voice, video, messaging, contact centers. Is that, does that paint a picture, or can you put it better for me? Uh, it does paint a picture. I mean, really what we're trying to do, Kim, is move a lot of uh, legacy communication and collaboration technology out there. Much of it's still on-premise, um, especially when it comes to voice and PBXs, and seeking to move it into the cloud. And many companies have moved uh, pieces of it, like video uh, and collaboration to the cloud, but it's across many, many different applications. And our objective is to make it simpler for the customer, um, such that you take all these technologies, voice messaging and uh, video, and put it into one application, better productivity benefits, and also significant cost savings. So CFOs like this a lot. Oh, okay. As well as CIOs. Well, There's a, a nice analogy there because what we're going to talk about is RevOps, which is about putting a whole bunch of different functions kind of into one place. Very much so, so the RevOps journey at Ring Central, is it something fairly recent? When, when did you kind of move in that direction? You know, it's really been organic. Uh, when I joined the company three and a quarter years ago, um, my job was sales ops. Um, though uh, I have a certain mindset of how I approach uh, kind of any kind of role. And it starts to me with thinking as a go-to-market leader. So first of all, I don't think of myself as an ops person. I think of somebody who is thinking holistically about the journey um, to acquire business and make those customers successful. So sales is a piece of it, but you can't be successful without the other components like marketing, uh, customer success, support, professional services, and the channel. So... When Was there a decision somewhere along the way to move these functions together and not just have them aligned, but have them actually working really as one RevOps engine, I guess? Yeah. Um, again, I would say it's organic. Um, so, frankly, there was no formal charter for it initially. Right. Um, what happened is when I joined the company, my boss ran uh, sales. Um, and I was his key person for uh, the different pieces of ops. Uh, and I, I can speak more of what I mean by ops in a moment. Uh, and But what I saw was our goal at the end of the day collectively is we're trying to hit uh, a bookings number. Yeah. And for us to hit that bookings number, we need to work in partnership with marketing. Uh, we need our customers to be successful and, then, and to be able to upsell them more. So by definition, the strategies that we felt were key to being successful um, involved all of the different functions within revenue. And frankly, didn't uh, he did not own those functions, nor did I, but at the end of the day, sales is the customer of all these functions. So it was really much more about collaboration and partnering on some key strategic initiatives uh, to get things started. Okay, now you, you mentioned ops, and I did see a slide you created which has an acronym, Operations, Productivity, and Strategy. Yes. Could you elaborate on that a bit? Sure. Um, I actually really don't like being called sales operations <laughs> uh, because to me, uh, there's sort of a, a vision of it being more of a tactical kind of role. Mm. Um, I think there are multiple pieces to the role. Operations is absolutely kind of the anchor tenet of it. Um, that is, you know, keep, keeping the trains running. And there's a lot of complexity in a sales organization. Um, you know, there's, of course, things like lead management. There's many other systems, process, and tools, things like compensation, territory design, quotas, all those things are foundational 
and that's the operations piece, and you have to get that right. But that's really about you know keeping the lights on for the sales organization and hopefully making your sales team efficient uh, in how they spend their time. But there, you, I feel these functions should aspire to do more. So the P to me is productivity, and productivity really stands for oftentimes the enablement and training function. Mm-hmm. Um, so our goal, in addition to efficiency of our sales organization, should be how do we help our salespeople sell more? And that means enabling them on key verticals, on selling new and strategic products, uh, as well as uh, kind of entering new markets. So um, fundamentally, the metric I would use there is just you know how much did they book per rep or how much do you book per expense, per expense dollar? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the final piece is strategy. Um, I think a big opportunity that we have as ops leaders is we see everything. Um, you know, we see, uh, you know, where's our, where's our pipeline coming from? Where are their gaps? What businesses are, what parts of our business are doing well versus struggling? And with that, I think if you have business acumen, um, that really puts you in a, a very powerful position to say, uh, okay, well, let me, uh, you know, really think about uh, the resource allocation and the planning that we have in the business. So, uh, you know, my approach to it is being very proactive in the yeah. function. So strategy to me should be, let's think about what markets we're in, what's our coverage strategy, how should we evolve that, and then what resources do we put in play. Yeah, and I think what, what you've just said there reflects uh, another thing you've said, which is that RevOps is really a mindset, not an organizational chart. So what's key is not who reports to who and, right. and so on. It's about how you think about revenue for your business. Very much so. I mean, the one thing I would say is there are more pure kind of end-to-end CROs now. However, those tend to be in smaller companies, uh, which start with that vision. Uh, what I think of uh, when I, I look at, you know, I joined a company that was $400 million in revenue. Um, they often are already have a structure in place. You have a sales org, you have a marketing org, you have a customer success org, et cetera. So you're not going to naturally bring all these things together automatically. Um, I think the key, if you're seeking that, uh, to play that role of influence, because all those functions do need to work together, um, it's actually, you know, it's about collaboration and joint strategic initiatives, as opposed to saying, hey, I'll do RevOps when I formally am given that job. I think the key is go assert that in terms of what you go after as an office professional. So in other words, it's not necessary to bring everything you're doing to a halt, appoint a, a chief revenue officer and say, okay, everybody now reports to him. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't. I mean, to be honest, I think people are actually quite uh, resistant to it. Um, uh, you know, my uh, you know, uh, sales leader, uh, as well as myself, we work very closely with marketing. Uh, but I think if we made a play to say, hey, marketing must report in, um, you know, that's going to be a very difficult conversation. Sometimes organizations evolve that way. Mm-hmm. But I think you can, if anything, get there more through pull than push. So if you were leading major initiatives uh, that uh, involve marketing, uh, and demonstrating the ability to work well with them and be, uh, um, you know, strategic and drive impact, um, you know, perhaps that's the path that the organization will take. But you should, I think everyone should think of themselves as revenue ops or go-to-market ops, regardless of what the organization structure is, because to some extent, you know, org charts don't really matter anymore. It's really more about influence and, uh, you know, focus. Okay. Let's relate this to the customer experience, because that's another thing we're finally talking about customer experience in B2B. Yes. How much of this is about ensuring that the customer has a consistent experience throughout their journey where they're touched by marketing, then they're touched by sales, then by service, and so on? Yeah, I, I think it's very important. Um, so first of all, um, 
what you're hopefully doing with marketing is you're cultivating the customer journey to become uh, you know, interested in your company. And you know, what they do is aligned uh, both from a message standpoint, but also from a process standpoint with sales. Um, I think you're most effective when those two functions are working together. I think when you talk about customer experience, well, then I, I really focus on uh, just the dynamic in SaaS. I mean, most of our businesses are land and expand. Yeah. So when you first acquire a new logo, that's really just the beginning of the relationship and the beginning of the commercial opportunity. So uh, step one then is to onboard and implement that customer well. Uh, and uh, depending on your product, that could be significant professional services or it could be um, something that's more of an automated process. And then you need to make sure that they get adoption, they're seeing value, they're getting supported when they need, and then hopefully that leads to upsell and hopefully that leads to advocacy. And then it sort of you know, circles back uh, to what becomes then a virtuous loop where your customers are actually helping you be the ones who drive your marketing and your sales. So I think it's critical. Yeah. And I've seen plenty of examples of companies. We actually, in our industry, have a major competitor who was much ahead of us in going into commercial in the enterprise segment when we were still in the SMB segment. And they acquired a lot of great customers. And thankfully for us, they actually didn't focus on the customer experience uh, and they had a lot of you know, uh, disappointing implementations where the customers got frustrated and threw them out. Yeah. And then we came in and, and you know, took, the, took those accounts. So if you don't focus on uh, the, the post-sale part of it and the full customer experience, you're not going to leverage and realize um, you know, the, the virtuous cycle of the SaaS business that's not going to And there it seems you do need a change in the mindset uh, as far as the sales teams go because bringing on board a bunch of customers, hitting your numbers, you're not then done, are you? Because a lot of the work with the customers comes, as you say, post-sale and sure. ensuring that the lifetime value is extracted. That's, that's exactly right. I mean, if I look at most SaaS businesses, and I know a couple of them quite intimately, my current one with Ring Central, and I know the Salesforce business well, you know, you look at what's the mix of your bookings that actually come from new customer acquisition versus upsell. You know, it's usually about 50-50, and over time, the upsell becomes a much bigger percentage uh, than the acquisition side. So you need to make sure that um, you are being successful with your customers such that, um, you know, they see value and they're interested to expand. It's, you mentioned SaaS a couple of times, and of course, uh, Ring Central is essentially, I guess, a software company. We have this re- recurring revenue model almost universal in the tech space now. But it seems to me that outside the tech space even, in B2B, some kind of subscription economy, subscription model, is becoming more and more pervasive. Sure. Just as in B2C, B2B customers are looking for things which they're not tied to for the rest of their life, which they don't keep in a warehouse sure. out the back. Yeah. So that has got to um, raise the value of RevOps, surely. I, I think very much so. I mean, the other reason why I think this is critical is just... When you think about all these different functions, first of all, for them to be effective, they all have to work together because you know marketing and sales are really kind of codependent. And then you know, given any kind of customer relationship, um, you know, loyalty drives positive economics um, for you know the end vendor, but also very much for the customer. The customer doesn't want to switch things out; um, they want to find somebody who's going to be a solution partner for them. So there, it makes sense. But then on another dimension, why RevOps is critical is you know, these go-to-market functions are the most expensive thing in the company. 
Um, you know, you look at the companies, especially in tech, they're spending, you know, half their gross margin on sales and marketing expense. Right. Uh, we're an 80% gross margin company, and we spend 44% of our revenue on sales and marketing. And uh, so it's not only critical for driving the revenue and the bookings of the company, but it's also the most expensive set of functions. And if you're letting them, you know, you know three to six functions operate independently, there's just naturally going to be a, a, a level of, you know, waste, uh, and that's just too expensive to, um, to, to tolerate. Yeah, sounds like that's exactly where you want to see even slight improvements on ROI. Very much so. I mean, you know, the one way I, I kind of think about not just sales, but the overall go-to-market funnel, you know, it is very much a process, mm-hmm. um, just like manufacturing is a process. And it is a mix of... Um, uh, art and science, but there's a lot of science to it, and uh, and if you're not managing it, um, you're you're just going to be wasteful. I mean, you think about manufacturing; they've had Six Sigma for 50 years, mm-hmm. um, and they're obsessive about you know minimizing waste and variance and rigidity. Um, you know, if you look at you know go to market. You know, it's probably like 0.2 sigma. There's so much variance. There's so much waste yeah. because of miscoordination. And, you know, whether it's through hard org chart or whether it's through just much stronger collaborative relationships and joint initiatives and joint measurement, we have to find a way for all these functions to work together more closely. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said measurement because that was going to be my last question. Um, obviously, you're on a RevOps journey and you've described the way in which at Ring Central it's developed organically, it wasn't some overnight decision. Have you thought yet about applying metrics to see if what you're doing now is working better than what you used to do? Uh, we, we very much do. I mean, we, uh, we are an uh, analytically obsessed company, uh, so uh, we really do look at everything. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what we do. I mean, I would say there's, there's probably three key things that we measure um, at, at the end of the day. So certainly we measure you know, the bookings effectiveness yeah. uh, of our salespeople, and, and we sort of uh, you know, look at how, how is our uh, you know, sales efficiency, our sales productivity improving. Um, uh, so, you know, really dollar booked uh, recurring revenue per expense dollar. That's, uh, you know, what's, what's that kind of ratio look like? And that's the ultimate way to judge the overall equation. Because when you look at the expense dollars, you're looking at sales, marketing, customer success, et cetera, is required to produce that dollar of recurring revenue. Um, so that's the ultimate metric. Yeah. Uh, but then you can actually look at it. That's a lagging metric. You need to look at it from a leading metric standpoint as well. So a key thing that, uh, you know, if you want to sell stuff is you need pipeline. Um, so one of the key metrics that we look at is uh, pipeline. And we, we truly go kind of end to end in the funnel, you know, lead, op, uh, you know, pipeline at different stages to wins, et cetera. Uh, and we break it down by, uh, by source. Yep. And we look at the trends. So what is not just marketing, but you break it down deeper to say what digital marketing and what sub-channels of digital marketing, how's that compared to our field marketing, to our ABM programs, to our channel marketing. And we look at that to see who's contributing and who's not and where are we strong and where are we weak. So we know where we can focus to get better. And uh, so that's, um, you know, we, we look end-to-end holistically um, so we can just, you know, continue to sharpen the, sharpen the engine. And directionally, these things are looking positive for you right now? Uh, they're looking positive. You know, what we've been pleased about, um, you know, uh, the company's got a great heritage in SMB, mm-hmm. uh, but we've been on a journey to evolve the go-to-market model. We historically were an inbound business driven by digital marketing in the channel. Oh, and, I see. and those yeah. are still great sources of growth for us. 
But for us to continue to grow in a very, very large market, we have to be much more outbound. And you know, the thing I'm pleased about over the last kind of three plus years is we've accelerated growth. Uh, we've also raised uh, sales and marketing productivity. Um, and you know, it's a continuous journey. Uh, you know, the numbers get bigger every year. Uh, but you know, I think we're 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 sort of sharpening the go-to-market machine every year as well. Very, very good. AJ, thanks for sharing your story. Very welcome. Thank you.